Are you tired of comparing yourself to other moms? Is it frustrating you to feel the pressure of keeping up with what the other parents are doing with their kids? I can relate. And speaking of that, I received this super sweet five-star review entitled Relatable and Real from our beloved listener, Amanda Bento. Corey is the sweetest. Her info is relatable and real. This podcast is easy to listen to and filled with great advice for mamas who want to leave the overwhelm behind and embrace who they are in Christ. Oh goodness, Amanda, thank you so much for this beautiful review. I love that you brought it back to Christ because ultimately that is what it's all about. Again, thank you, Amanda Bento. Your sweet words certainly are a treat for sure. I appreciate you. And to those of you listening, I encourage you, please go over to Apple Podcast, leave your written Apple review as well, because I would love to feature you in a future episode and our newsletter. Speaking of the news, let's dive in and unpack the good news that is available for you today. Hey, hey, mama. Welcome back to the Treasured Mama podcast. I'm Corey Messer, a Kingdom Life Coach and Messy Mompreneur, and I want to know if you're like me. Have you ever felt like you've lost yourself in all the things? Or perhaps you just need some encouragement on this messy journey of authentic motherhood? In this space, we love sharing routines, rhythms, and real stories of real moms as we declutter our heads, our hearts, and our homes to discover clarity and confidence. If you're ready to gain clarity on who God designed you to be, create simple systems for a more peaceful household, and connect with other mamas doing the same, this podcast is right up your alley. My prayer is this episode will encourage you, so grab a drink, take a mommy moment, and listen in to today's goodness. Welcome back to the Treasured Mama podcast. Today we are talking about a very seasonal thing, but you can take the concept and apply it to any time during the year. And at the time of this particular recording, we are at the very end of October. This is actually going to be released the very beginning of November. And so there are things going on this time of year, seasonally with the leaves and transition and cooler weather. But there's also this holiday called Halloween. There is a scope of beliefs around this, even within the Christian community people feel convicted in different ways. And that is what we are going to be talking about today. Conviction versus condemnation. What is of God? What is not of God? And how do we take that into our households as we are discipling our children? We talk a lot on this podcast about systems and how do we simplify those systems in our Christian motherhood. We're going to dive a little bit deeper on this, but I want to give you a little backstory on my family and our choices around Halloween, our journey, not so that you have to take those as your own beliefs, but so that they plant some seeds to give you a bird's eye view of what the process has looked like for our family. And you can take that as you are exploring what is right for your family in this time, in this season. First off, I want to start by saying there is no condemnation in the kingdom of God. Conviction, yes. Condemnation, no. As you are listening to this, it is my prayer that you come in with an open heart, that you 
take the meat and spit out the bones. What is to nourish you in this time, in this season, what God has for you in this season, take that and chew on that and spit out the bones. In other words, eliminate, get rid of, leave on the table what is not for you in this season. It may all be godly things, but God may be calling you in this season to do something and not do another thing. For my family, what this looks like is I grew up trick-or-treating. I never really liked the things that surround Halloween with the spooky stuff, the scary stuff, but I didn't really understand it from a biblical perspective, the why behind the what, why I felt repulsed by certain things. It was what everybody did. It is what all my friends did. It was the thing to do. It was another opportunity to see if your parents would let you go hang out with your friends. Please know that I'm coming at this from a place of personal experience where I have both participated in and chosen not to participate in Halloween. I am in the United States. Things may be different here than they are where you're at, but the custom here for many people is to go out trick-or-treating and it's been very commercialized. There's not a lot of history that people are aware of as far as where this holiday originated. That's really unfortunate because a lot of the imagery that is associated with this holiday presents it in a way that is, quote, just a little witch or just a little ghost or things like that. And they try and make it sound almost cutesy to portray that it's not harmful. But what I want you to know is Halloween did not originate as something in the Christian faith. And without going into a ton of detail on this episode, feel free to let me know if you want me to do a deep dive on that. I would love to share that with you. But the bottom line is there is so much against the word of God in Halloween that we get to shift from fearing the judgment of man and reverently fearing the Lord instead. With our family and with our children, when we had just our boys, our oldest two, and they were really young, this really was playing on my heart. Like, what are we going to do with this holiday? Is there truth to these things people are telling me? Well-meaning people that loved me in my life, things like, oh, it's just a little holiday for the kids to get candy. It's, it's fine. Just let them dress up. Or you're robbing your kids of a childhood experience. Or my favorite one was your kids are going to be judged for not going. Almost as if it was selfish for me to not want them to partake in something that I believe is against God. To which my response has been, if they are going to be rejected, for not partnering with something against the Lord. I'm okay with that. (laughs) I'm okay with that. I am not here to raise my kids in a way that is compliant with what is mainstream when mainstream is not aligned with God. That is a personal choice, a personal conviction. And so we began to shift. It was a process for us. But we began to shift from doing all of the, what I call shenanigans of Halloween, trick-or-treating, going out and about, and almost pretending like the evil wasn't there and shifting from that into a place of we are going to be aware. We have an awareness now and that means there's additional responsibility and we are going to choose to modify what we're doing. So we decided to go to a nursing home and to bless the residents there. 
And you would see a lot of parents there with younger kids. By the nature of that, there was a lot less of the gory costumes, of the frightening costumes, of the unholy, what I would call evil representations, you know, kids dressing up like zombies or devils or witches or those sort of things. Now, there was still some of that, but we had decided it was worth it for us to go to this place that was seemingly very safe and it was offering a blessing to the elderly. And I would pray over my kids. I would pray over that experience that their ear gate and their eye gate would not see and or hear things that were not in alignment with the father. And we never had an issue. We also were very intentional about going earlier where the younger kids were out and not the older ones. We made sure that we did not go trick-or-treating door to door. We tried to control the environment a bit by just going to that nursing home and one or two family members' houses. And then we stayed inside so the kids didn't see the other costumes. But keep in mind, that's when our kids were little, three and one, or two and a half and one and a half. And they were snuggled up to us anyway, so we could shield their eyes and cover their ears. Even then, I felt there was something different that we could be doing. We have come from me growing up, growing trick-or-treating, to just doing the nursing home thing, to being at home and doing things as a family. This year, we didn't do costumes or anything. We stayed in the house as a family. We took the opportunity to bake some cookies and have some fun that way and talk about what do we each think because our family has different questions around it. We have different preferences. We're at different points in the journey, but we did come together as a family and just decide we're not going to go out and do that. We're going to stay in the home and we're going to make memories as a family. That's exactly what we did. It was absolutely beautiful and I just give God thanks for giving us an opportunity to have these discussions as a family because even people within my own household, we've had a difference of opinion on this. And it's opened up opportunity for beautiful, beautiful conversation. It's also a great opportunity to disciple your children in helping them discern. I'm going to spend some time talking about this. We want to, if it's Halloween or if it's any other experience, instead of using that famous line as a parent, why do I have to do that? Because I said so. Because that's how it's always been. Because that's what my parents did because that's just the way it is. That does not arm or equip our kids in being able to make these decisions for themselves. And parenting is such an interesting journey, isn't it? You are literally pouring in all of your work into something in hopes that you can send it off. Those are our children. We're going to disciple them, raise them up, impart the things of the Lord to them, so that they can go off and be fully equipped and go repeat that for the next generation and the people around them. If I just tell my child, we are not doing anything that involves witches and ghosts because they are real things. They're not just this imaginative, commercialized picture that somebody has presented before you. If I just tell them we're not doing that because I said so, that doesn't equip him to be able to explain when he's out in a setting where I'm not there An example of that would be if your child is in the public school system or if they ever go to a birthday party or they're in sports or they're in a social gathering, even youth group where you're not there and somebody asks them a question. Well, that's what my mom said. Isn't going to help that next person gain an education on the truth. 
We want to disciple our children, equip them with the word of God, and invite them into the process. Even when we are cooking food in our kitchen, our kids have a much higher likelihood to eat the food if they help prepare the food. Why? Because they have a part in the process. So I encourage you as you are being more aware, conscientious of how you mother in general. Now I'm talking about Halloween because it's a seasonal now thing, but I'm talking about this overarching concept of anything in your motherhood, in your parenting. You have to know why you're convicted about what you're convicted about in order to teach your kids that. Because ultimately we want to equip them with the clarity that will provide the confidence to go and communicate what their values are, when, especially when somebody challenges them. In addition to that, part of that discipling process is also to make sure that we are having our kids be strong in their convictions, not condemning other people for their behaviors. One of the things that I can recommend is when you're talking to your children, especially around subjects like this that are very mainstream in your face, you're going to be exposed to it. It's there if we choose to acknowledge it or not. It's important to remind our children to see people as who God designed them to be, not the behaviors they're exhibiting. And quite frankly, that is a lesson for us as adults as well. But we want to raise our children with that from the time they're young so they grow into adults who have already established that habit. And one of the things that we really highlight to our children is when we observe something and some of the phrases that we use just for some practical recommendations when they are observing somebody that does something different than them or has a different belief than them or is behaving different to them, especially when it is in opposition to what we believe, we teach them, number one, to discern discern the matter. Is it aligned with God's word or not? And then we have a process by which we walk out after that. But number one is to discern. Number two is to see them for who God designed them to be, not the behaviors they're exhibiting. We talk about our language and the power of our tongue. The Bible says the power of life or death is in the tongue. That is a weighty word. So we teach them that once you have discerned that you know something is not in alignment with what we believe, see them for who God designed them to be and speak towards that truth versus judging them so heavily for the behavior they're exhibiting. This helps our children to see people through the lens that God sees them as we are helping disciple them to be more like Jesus. The focus becomes on how can we be a representation of Jesus and speak life over somebody else as we steward our tongue well. The third thing is to know what we believe and why we believe it so you can be an effective kingdom ambassador. First, they're discerning. Then they're seeing them for who God designed them to be. And then they're being an effective kingdom ambassador so they can communicate why they believe what they believe. They can be an image bearer. They can be a lighthouse to any area of darkness that they may encounter. And finally, we teach them to pray. Oldest Even he is in the second grade right now, and there have been a multitude of opportunities, even within his class setting, to pray for children that are struggling with something, that are just ignorant of the truth of the word of God because they're not getting it at home. And it's been so beautiful 
for my son to see how God does hear our prayers and he loves us and he cares for us deeply and to see these children's hearts tenderize and change just over the last year and a half. I would encourage you with that. Find your own rhythm. Find your own system. Simplify it as much as you can so you can teach it in an age-appropriate way without watering down the truth of the Lord because we have the same Holy Spirit as our children. The last little bit of today's episode, I want to talk about shifting from condemnation into conviction. There is no condemnation in the kingdom of God. If you are receiving something and you're feeling condemned, things like shame and guilt, that's not from the Lord. That's from the kingdom of darkness. Now, conviction, yes, if you are convicted, there is that desire to change, to do different. Be encouraged with that. If you are teaching your kids about discernment, that is a great place to start. But also for you as a mama, a woman really, but also as a mom, I want to encourage you as you're going out and engaging with moms, engaging with other adults, to shift from this place of comparison, to shift from this place of competition, and shift into this place of collaboration. Meaning that mom over there may take her kids trick-or-treating, and this mom over here may be adamantly opposed to taking her kids trick-or-treating. But There are different giftings that each of you may have. And so instead of focusing on the behavior of participating or not participating in Halloween, perhaps you can come together and you can see the different giftings you bring to the table and you can collaborate in being a blessing to each other. That's a reciprocal relationship where you contribute where you're called and that person contributes where they're called and the collective whole can rise up because we're all contributing as we are called. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing because here's the thing I will leave you with. It's, it's a little story about a friend of mine. This really speaks to different seasons, how it can change in your life. So right now, we're not doing the trick-or-treating thing. We are not going out and evangelizing. Our kids are very young. It's important for us to stay at home with them, to equip them in the word of the Lord so that they can discern and communicate effectively. But that may not always be what God has called us to. Not because God is inconsistent, because his character is consistent. It is who he is. He consistently wants what's best for us. And in this season, it is best for my family to stay at home. I have another gal that I know, and she is. Uh, her children are much older. Some are out of the house. Some are still in the home. And she was a very high-performing person in the business world. And she was addicted to pills. And she was, she was living a lifestyle as an alcoholic. People didn't know that struggle because she felt so condemned. She couldn't share. So she would just wallow in her own sorrow of these addictions to numb that pain. Because of that, she's now been sober for many years. She runs a kingdom business. She's absolutely incredible. Maybe I will interview her on here sometime. She now loves on Halloween to go out and be the light. So she like sets up a table and she has Bibles and comic books and um, beautiful jewelry and they have a fire and they gather and they just love on people. They are a representative of who Christ is, love. For her, that doesn't make her choosing to partake in that way wrong, just like it doesn't make my family not partaking at all wrong. It simply means that is where God has called us to in this season. 
she can collaborate for the kingdom of God in the state she lives in in that way. And I can collaborate in my home ministry, which is my first ministry from my geographic location. And we are both helping to advance the kingdom of God. That is how we collaborate. And it is my hope and my prayer that this episode has blessed you to encourage you and remind you your decisions are what's right for your family as long as you are walking in accordance with God is speaking to you and not doing just what's easy, not doing what has always been and not taking the easy way out and defaulting to statements such as because I said so, that's just the way it is. We want to equip and disciple our children and my children are some of my best teachers that God has given me because if I don't know the answer and I want what's best for them, I'm going to go figure it out. I'm going to pursue the expert. I'm going to dig deeper into the Bible. I'm going to consult an elder. I'm going to figure it out. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time together. We thank you so much for this opportunity to be reminded that you don't call us to compare ourselves to another person. You are the only one that we are comparing to so that we can align with you more deeply. And if it is this holiday any other holiday, any other time of the year, any other experience that this beautiful mother is having, God, I pray that she would collaborate with you, communicate with you first, so that as she establishes that horizontal relationship, it is based upon her vertical relationship, God. We know a vertical relationship is up and down, so we align with you first before we reach out horizontally to impact our house, our cities, our regions, our nations, and our world, God. My prayer is that this beautiful mama would have a relationship with you, God, clarity on where she's called so that she will confidently contribute in those places and spaces with those people. We thank you for your presence, Father. In your mighty name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hey, Mama, one quick thing before you go. If this podcast blessed you in some way, the number one way you can pay it forward is to head over to iTunes, Treasured Mama Podcast, and leave a review and subscribe to the channel. 